Pete said, my name is Lois and I'm on the staff team here at KXC and it is wonderful to be speaking to you this morning, um, our second Sunday of the new year. Um, and so we are kind of like in between sermon series at the moment. Um, so I have the, the fun of being able to do a little one-off sermon for us today. Come on. Um, so I'm just this morning going to be sharing a few things that I believe the Lord has put on my heart to share with you all um, and really expectant that God's going to speak to us. So I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're going to jump in. So let's pray together. So Lord, we, we thank you and we acknowledge your presence in this room. And we just ask, Lord, that you would open up our hearts to receive, receive what you have to say to us this morning. We just ask that you'd help us to put aside distraction and help us to be attentive to you, Holy Spirit, in this moment. Yeah, we just ask you to fill us now. Amen. Men. So um, in case you didn't know, we are actually in the midst of Epiphany. Why don't you say happy Epiphany to someone near you? <laughs> happy Epiphany, beautiful. Um, and Epiphany, for anyone who doesn't know, is where we look at and think about the journey that the Magi, the wise men, took um, to meet Jesus, following the star, traveling across country to lay down their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh um, in light of the revelation that Jesus was king. So I'd love you to hold that thought. Um, and as we, as we come into 2023, um, I have a question to ask you today. Because I think actually there are all kinds of questions that we can ask ourselves when we come into a new year. Like, how am I going to make this new year count? How can I be fitter? You know, all that new me, new year, new me stuff. Um, but I think that actually the Lord may be asking a question of us today. And that question is the simple question of what is in your hands? And much like the Magi who traveled to drop their gift before Jesus in response to him, what is the gift within your hands that you can bring in worship to Jesus? And if you've been at KXC for a little bit of time, you may have heard this phrase that um, we sometimes say, which is, what is in your hands? And it's a little nod to the story of Exodus, um, where Moses is about to begin this, this incredible journey of leading the Israelites from slavery in Egypt into freedom, into the promised land. And in Exodus 4, verse 2, it says, The Lord says to Moses, what is in your hands? And Moses replies that it, his staff is in his hands. So Moses is a shepherd, so it's this instrument of his everyday life that is in his hands. But it becomes this like incredible weapon in this story of the Israelites' journey to freedom. This basic staff offered to God becomes a part of this story. And so again, I'd love to ask you the question, what is in your hands? What are the things that are in your life as we come into 2023 that actually could be an offering to God that may seem really basic, but in the hands of God could become weapons for the kingdom of God, could be weapons in service to God? So that's what we're going to be thinking about this morning. I'm going to just share a few reflections from a parable, um, and I'm also going to be just sharing a few reflections from my life, and then we're going to land in prayer together in response. So how does that sound? Good, you're with me. Love that. Sometimes I just need a little bit of feedback, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm going to read this to us. It's called The Parable of the Bags of Gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. 
The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one, who, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag of gold went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold bought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I, ha I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. So in summary, in this parable, we have three servants, all given this gift of gold. Two of them are commended for what they do with their gold, and one of them isn't. So they're given this task by the master to go out and make their gold work. And actually, this is much like us. If we consider ourselves to be followers of Jesus, we have all been given gifts by God for the sake of the kingdom of God. And we get the privilege of partnering in the work of the kingdom. And this is a bit, we're going to be looking at this story today as a little bit of a cautionary tale, zooming in on servant number three, as we look at this whole question of what is in your hands. So the first thing that I just wanted to highlight was that servant number three, what we see in this story is that he buries his gold. But what this parable reminds us is that actually all of us, in answer to this question, what is in your hands, all of us actually have something to offer. Because what we read in verse 14 is that the master goes away, goes on his journey, but the master entrusts his wealth to his servants. He gives them all that they need in order to do what he's asking of them. And this parable comes at the end of another parable, uh, which begins with the words, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's the parable of the virgins. And so what Jesus is saying is this is the reality of the kingdom. This is the reality of actually how we live, that Jesus entrusts his wealth, his gold, his treasure to every single one of us. He is so generous in his giving, and he gives us all that we need for the work of the kingdom. God chooses to work with us and through us. He could do this work of the kingdom on his own, but he chooses to entrust his gold to us. And so what we see is that despite the fact that this guy has this gold of the kingdom, he decides to bury it. So we read in verse 18 that the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So what we're told is that actually, even though he has this treasure, he decides to bury it. 
And so a question I'd love to ask you this morning is as we begin this year, 2023, and we recognize that actually we have been entrusted with the wealth of the kingdom, is it, are, there, are there gifts that maybe we have buried that the Lord is asking of us to unearth in this time? And so to take a step back to think about actually what is the treasure that God has entrusted us with? There are many different things. There are just a few that I wanted to highlight. The first is that actually we've been entrusted with the gold of the message of the gospel. This message of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And obviously, we've just come off the back of Christmas, celebrating the incarnation, Jesus' arrival in the world, kick-starting this whole salvation plan to see us reconciled with God. And that's a message that we have been entrusted with. It's this message of humanity being restored back into relationship with God, of everything that would separate us from relationship with God being removed. It's this story actually of complete holistic healing, of Jesus' work of making all things new in all of creation, healing beyond our imagination. But for each and every one of us as individuals, it's the story of us being brought back into full relationship with God, peace for our restless souls. And actually, whether we know it or not, everybody is searching for this story. Everyone is searching to find peace for their restless souls. I was reminded of that really tangibly recently when I went to, I went to actually visit a Buddhist community. I'm not thinking of defecting, it was just a part of my course. And um, I chatted to this Buddhist guy, and one of the things he said to me I found so interesting. He said that, um, I hope I get this right, but he said that um, Buddhists believe that enlightened people find refuge in the teachings of Buddha. And unenlightened people seek refuge in all the wrong places. And he called those places, places of false refuge. And I guess like the aim of the Buddhist faith is is this aim of finding refuge within those teachings. And I was really struck by that because I was like, wow, that's so true. All of us are actually seeking refuge, whether we recognize it or not. And we believe as Christians that that refuge, that peace for our souls is found in Jesus. That's the message. That's this this gold treasure that we have been given collectively as a church. But actually, it's possible for us, just like this guy, servant number three, to know that we have this gold, but to bury it. And for me, I, in my role at KXC, for anyone who doesn't know, I am the evangelism pastor. So that means I get the joy of thinking about what it looks like for us as a community to be really generous with this gold of the message of the kingdom. And just a little plug, we're starting Alpha again on the 1st of February. So anyone in this room, if you're not aware of this story, if you want to find out more about this gold, we'd love to encourage you to come along. But also, if you've got any friends who you think might be interested, please do get the date in your diary and invite them along. So we have the gold of this message, but also as the church collectively, we've been given very many gifts of the kingdom. So for example, in Romans chapter 12, we read of the gifts given to the church of prophecy, of teaching, of giving, of mercy. So we have these gifts collectively as a church. But on top of that, God is so generous and he has given each and every single one of us unique and distinctive gifts for the sake of his kingdom work. Whether that's our talents, whether that's our time, whether that's our energy, our creativity, our ideas. And all of these things, much like Moses' staff, have the ability to be useful in the kingdom of God when offered to him. 
And so I want to say to you that whoever you are in this room, you have something in your hands. And the question is, are you willing to offer it back to Jesus for the sake of his kingdom purposes? God has actually entrusted you with his wealth. So what is in your hands? And then to, to go back to this question of burial, what does burial, what can burial look like in our lives? I know that um, there, yeah, there are many, many things that it could look like, but here are a few examples. It might be something like thinking about the gift of prophecy, for example, that actually I, you might know that actually you've been given the gift of prophecy, but you feel like you won't offer a prophetic word until you feel really, really confident in it. That's what burial could look like. Or maybe you know that actually you have been given the gift of hospitality, um, but you kind of bury that gift until you're in a financial position to be able to do hospitality in a way that you think works. I know for me, uh, coming into this ordination journey, I've had to take a long, hard look at the gifts that God has given me. And I know I found that really uncomfortable. I think maybe it feels like you're being big-headed to look at what are the things that God has given you. But I think this parable is actually a reminder to us that actually it's our, our responsibility to look at the gifts that God has given to us. We've been entrusted with those things, and so it's important to discover them. But I know for me, over the last few months, I've been going on this kind of painful journey of thinking about, actually, what are the things that I've buried? What are the, the gifts that, actually, I've decided I don't feel like are useful for the kingdom of God? And one such example as this is when I came to KXC um, on staff team, I started out as an apprentice, which is essentially like an intern. And one day, we did this task of looking at our strengths, looking at strengths finders, which is basically this tool which kind of ranks all of your, all of your strengths and gives you the, your top five. Oh, yeah, it's come up already. Love yeah. um, And we did this task, and I've got to say, when I did it, I was vexed, I think is what I would say. It's because I don't know if you can see that clearly, but you can see my line is very blue. Um, and I felt like all of my gifts, basically, I kind of felt like they were like Mickey Mouse gifts, like positivity. How does positivity have anything to do with leadership? And I looked at other people's lines. Look at Zach Gain. Here he is over here. A, a multicolored line of connectedness, strategy, intellection. I don't know what that is, but it sounded exciting. Restorative and empathy. And I was like, look at what, look at what the gifts that other people have. I've got this blue line of um, positivity and other things. I was genuinely annoyed about it. And I remember um, talking to Anna Mason, she was my supervisor, um, about this. And I remember her saying something to me which really stuck with me. And she said, Lois, it's not that you don't have gifts to bring to the table. It's that you don't value the gifts that you have. And for me, I had I'd got into this, this mindset was that there were valuable gifts to bring and there were unvaluable gifts to bring. And those that I felt were invaluable, I decided that I was going to bury. So again, I'd love to ask you the question, are there things in your hands that maybe you've decided you're going to bury, that the Lord would want you to dig up and steward and put to work this new year? So that's the first thing. The second thing from our man, servant number three, what we see is that he buries that gift because he believes a lie. He believes this kind of distorted understanding of who his master is. So we see in verse 24, it says this, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. 
And so kind of the second caution from this story is that, again, you can have this gold, you can bury it, and that can be because of a distortion or a lie. And so, again, I'd love to ask you the question of, are there things, are there lies that maybe you've believed about the gifts that God has given you that's meant that you have decided to bury them? Things that the Lord would want you to dig up as you come into 2023. And again, I think that, you know, there are all kinds of lies and distortions that might um, be a factor in this. Um, and again, just to give you something of, again, of, of my story, I know that for me, I got into this mindset of thinking that actually it was more important to me what people thought of my gifts than how I exercised those gifts. And so for me, I think that that was something that um, started when I was really young. So when I was young, when I was at school, I used to love to be involved in everything. Like I loved school, like I wanted to be on the sports team and the music team and just all this stuff. I just loved to be involved in absolutely everything. And I remember really tangibly, I don't actually remember what it was in regard to, but speaking to one of my friends and she said this thing to me that really kind of cut me quite deep. And she said to me, Lois, you just want to be involved in whatever it was because you love being the center of attention. And I was really taken aback by what she said and it really stuck with me because I kind of thought, actually, that's, that's not my intention here, but that's what she thinks of why I'm kind of exercising my gifts. And that became more important to me than exercising the gifts that God had given me. And it started this process of me kind of shrinking back from doing the things that I knew that um, I'd been gifted in. And it wasn't until I was in a psychotherapist's office as part of the ordination process that I realized the impact that that had had on me. And it's been so profound and so powerful for me to bring those lies into the presence of God and actually hear the truth of what the Lord says about us when we exercise our gifts. That actually, when we exercise the gifts and skills that we have, it's an act of worship. It honors God and it glorifies him. Much like it says in the book of Matthew when it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And it's the, what's true for me is true for every single one of you. That actually when you exercise the gifts that God has given you, it is worship to him, it glorifies him and he gets the glory. So again, I'd love to ask you the question, is where might it be that you have swallowed a lie, swallowed a distortion about the gifts that God has given you that, again, the Lord might want to release you from today so you can step even further into what he's called you to in 2023? So that's the second thing. And then finally, the third thing that we see in this story is that the servant, servant number three, is condemned not for failing but for not giving it a go. And we see conversely that the servants one and two are praised for being faithful, not for being successful. So we see in verse 21, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So the, the final piece of caution here in this story is again, where is it in our lives that actually we have this treasure in our hands, but we're letting fear of failure prevent us from doing so? And what we see in this parable is this, the other two servants basically throwing their hat in the ring, giving it a go, and placing what they have in their hands, setting it to work. This parable celebrates obedience and faithfulness. It's about being faithful. 
And, and what's interesting, I think, is that we don't see in this story, we don't read of a servant number four, someone who tries and fails. And I think that's because Jesus doesn't actually care about whether we fail or succeed. What he cares about is our obedience. What he cares about is us being faithful to the gift that he's given to us. And, and much like I said at the beginning, this parable starts off by saying essentially that the kingdom of God is like this. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is what the kingdom celebrates, the courageous faithfulness of the servants of Jesus, the followers of Jesus. And there's a quote that's attributed to Mother Teresa, this really basic quote that I thought was really powerful in this context. Um, apparently, a journalist once said to her, how do you kind of keep going, know that you'll never be able to meet all the needs of the dying people in Calcutta? And she says this, but I'm not called to be successful I'm only called to be faithful. This is the brief of the kingdom of God, that we're not called to be successful. We're only called to give it a go. And so for us, as we begin this new year, as we consider actually what are the things that God has put within our hands that could actually be useful to the kingdom of God, I think it's really important for us to remember that we don't have to be paralyzed by failure so, for example, it doesn't matter that if you ask one of your friends to come to the Alpha course and they say, absolutely not. It does not matter. Actually, it doesn't matter if you come on a Sunday, you think you've heard a prophetic word, you share it, and actually it bombs. No one, no one responds to it because we've not been called to, to succeed. We've called to be faithful. The aim is, the game to be, uh, is to be faithful. As I've been prepping this, actually, I've been reminded, has anyone seen the program, The Traitors? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Esther Alexander, that was the best tip you ever gave me. Such a good show. The aim of the game is to be faithful. And so as we, as we come into Oratrosa, you know, <laughs> as the case may be, in the kingdom of God, it's to be faithful. Um, and so as we come to this new year, I would love to encourage you to consider, to maybe even ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that is in your hands, Lord? What is the gift that you have given me? And to remember that actually we don't need to be paralyzed by lies. We don't need to bury those gifts. We can go, we can give it a go, knowing that all that Jesus requires of us is to be faithful. All of the responsibility for the work is on God, but we just get to play along, and that is our joy and our privilege. And that's not from a place of, of activism. We haven't got anything to prove, but just knowing that God has been so generous to us in giving us these gifts that we get to participate in the work of the kingdom.